0: Open your Bibles to Psalms 119. We all know this statement, um, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And in many cases it is, right? Um, but Proverbs, or I'm sorry, Ecclesiastes says, with much study comes much sorrow, with much, I'm sorry, with much learning comes much sorrow. Some, <laughs> the opposite is ignorance is bliss, right? There are a lot of happy people that are just floating along in the world. And here's what they say. It's all going to work out. It's, it's all going to be okay. It's all going to work out. So, so somewhere in between realizing, knowing the truth, The truth does set you free, the truth of salvation, the truth of who Jesus Christ is. But knowing some of the things I'm going to show you tonight, all it's going to do is help you to understand why we are where we are. So look at Psalm 119 and look with me at verse 126. It is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law, for they have made void thy law. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And it does seem like the world is crazy right now, but I know that there have been times in history that are even more crazy. Help us to have a good perspective and help us to understand that you've told us what's coming, but so has the enemy. And so we don't have to be unaware of his devices. So Father, I pray that you'll help us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, One of the things that, uh, if you remember the World Series a couple of years ago, Uh, Houston was accused of stealing signs, so they knew what the pitcher was going to throw, and that's called cheating. Um, When just recently, uh, when we played, Ohio State played Clemson, Clemson was accused of stealing the defensive calls, and so Ohio State just ran the plays real fast, so they didn't have time to do that why is that frowned at? Now, I don't think the Clemson thing was stealing. I think it was good strategy. He wasn't doing anything. He's watching how they set up and then, you know, doing their defense that way. Our, our, our coaches just did a better job in that situation. But what they don't want us to have is a playbook. The enemy, your, your opponent, doesn't want you to have their playbook. Well, God has given us Satan's playbook, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, the world, the flesh, and The devil. We have his playbook. Um, Let me go through a couple of things with you here. So that verse, they have made void thy law. Now remember, there are two kinds of, of people right now. There are lawbreakers. So when I drive too fast on the highway, and don't you guys do this. When I drive too fast on the highway, I'm breaking the law. And when the police officer pulls me over and gives me the ticket, all I can say is, okay, I chose, you know, to quote the great scholar, um, who was it? I'll think of it. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Don't do it. Don't, who was that? What was the show? Come on, you old people. You got to help me. Now it's going to be bugging me for the whole service. But that's lawbreakers. So you know, let's say that they pass a law that we can't have church. We can't gather together. Well, we're going to gather together. And if we have to pay a penalty, we'll have to pay that penalty because we will break that law. We'd rather obey God than man, right? That's that's lawbreakers. But we have a whole different class of people in our country now. They are the lawless. The law does not uh, apply to them. Whether it's James Comey, whether it's uh, John Brennan, whether it's Hillary Clinton, the the entire FBI, I don't want to hear anyone say it's just a few bad apples at the top. Well, then where are the whistleblowers? Those people don't function without a lot of minions. Where are those people? I'm just telling you, the FBI comes to your house, you be quiet. You call your attorney and you say, I'm not saying a word because I do not trust you people. You talk about an insurrection. We had an insurrection. You talk about a coup. We had an attempted coup. So, we have two groups of people, lawbreakers and the lawless. And there are no penalties against the lawless. Because they have the courts, they have the prosecutors. That's where we live. But how have we gotten... You understand that, that... People have tried that in the past, but we had a nation of people that would not stand for that. Now we have a nation that will stand for it and will at least half the the electorate vote for it. How did that happen? How did we get here When, when God says they have made void thy law? Now we know that that's talking about the law of God. But not only have they violated the law of God, now they're violating the all law. There is no law against these people. It's Very interesting. How did we get here? How did this happen? Antonio Gramsci was um, a Marxist who saw that the military approach to conquering the globe was not going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. So what he developed was this concept called the long march through time. The long march through time. And what they wanted to march through, they wanted to march through the educational system, the the schools, the universities, the churches, and ultimately government. And they've done it. They've done it. And I, I have to say... I don't believe this could have happened if the churches were doing their jobs. But even in good churches like ours... Now, I don't get pushback on this anymore, but I used to get big-time pushback when I would talk about stuff like I'm going to talk about tonight. We don't get that pushback anymore because the the people that we have love the Lord. They love truth. And so we're going to look at some things that help to contribute to where we are now. But remember, we've got a nation of people... And the, these next generations, I don't see it getting better. Do y'all? Why is that? Because people have learned to think in a different way. So Gramsci talked about this 100-year march through time. Now, never forget that uh, um, Hillary Clinton did her master's thesis on Antonio Gramsci. This is the hero of the left. If you want to understand how it works, this this is it. it, it of course, you know about Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. Um, one of those rules is... Hold your opponent to their standards. Hold your opponent to their own standards. And have no standards of your own. That's a pretty good way to win, right? Can you imagine playing football? The other team has rules. Your team doesn't have any rules. Who's going to win? Well, Mike's gonna, right's going to beat win over Mike. No, <laughs> no the other team's going to win. They break your quarterback's leg, you're done. And so, this is the way that they operate. I want to get ahead of myself. So, there are two different groups with two fundamentally different worldviews that have been at work for a little over 100 years. So, if you, if you mark it with John Dewey from about 1920 until now, 2020, 2021, you'll see that there's been a plan to accomplish this. What are these two different worldviews, these fundamentally different worldviews? We're all speaking English, but we're not all saying the same thing. So when we talk about truth, they don't believe in truth. You can have your truth, I can have my truth, and, and you can have competing truths, and that's not true. So we might all say the word truth, we're speaking English, but we don't mean the same thing. How about morality? So understand that President Trump is considered by the intelligentsia, by the power elite, to be an immoral man, not because of his marriages or his behavior, but because of his violation of their worldview, and I'm going to identify what that is. Because they're just as immoral as him, or more, right? Right? You understand that all the people in the media that are attacking someone because of their behavior, they all behave that same way. That doesn't mean we should condone immoral behavior. Sin is sin, and we need to identify it as such. You all agree with me? Uh, sometimes we as Christians, we were attacked because um, you know, President Trump was an immoral man. Well, what's the alternative right now? So, let's go on. Truth, immorality, how about this? Immorality. What is immoral to the people who have the competing worldview is truth. If you believe in absolute truth, right and wrong, if you believe in responsibility, if you believe in hard work, you are immoral. Understand that responsibility, hard work is white privilege. Showing up on time is white privilege. That's the definition. So you see, we have competing worldviews. We're speaking English but we don't believe or we don't mean the same thing. I was talking with someone who was trying to persuade me of white privilege and the male hierarchy. And I said, Give me some examples. And she said, Well, before 1900, women had no power at all. There were no women in power. I said, Really, no women in power? I said, Have you heard of Queen Elizabeth? Well, that... (laughs) See, here's the problem. And you'll see in a minute that this is on purpose. If you rob people of historical perspective, you can convince them of anything. See, up until about 300 years ago, everybody was a slave. Can I get an amen on that? You see, people don't know this. If you didn't own property, you are nothing. If you go back to feudalism, you wanted to be a servant because the Lord would protect you. He had an army that could protect you. If you didn't, if you weren't a servant, you were in big trouble. Because, yeah, there was white privilege. About ten guys. This this perspective that people have. It's so wrong. They don't understand what, what, what the world was like. Before the United States of America, the ideas of liberty and freedom were non-existent. People talked about them, but they talked about them as some kind of utopian ideal. Because when you talked about it, the, the leadership killed you. In the 1600s, they're putting Baptists in prison and they're dying. A man wrote this book called A Bloody Tenet of Persecution and they put him in Highgate Prison and he died there because he wanted to have religious liberty in England. People don't have any idea. Does that sound like freedom to you? And so because people are so unbelievably ignorant, they're easily persuadable. And so is the average IQ actually going down? Well, yes but not enough to be significant. This generation is not dumb. There's just a system in place that is changing the way they're taught to think. There's two different worldviews, and they're at war. Our founders held to a Judeo-Christian worldview. Now, I know that some of them we're not Bible-believing Baptists, but all of them understood the need for Christian morality. That's why they identified God in our founding documents. That's why they said that our Constitution is only for a moral and a righteous people. It's totally ineffective for any other. That—that's our founders. They held to a Judeo-Christian worldview. They believed in right, or right and wrong. They rejected many of the ideas that infected the French Revolution. I took a, a bicycle tour of Versailles, which was just so cool. It was awesome. But it was all married couples, and then me and the guide. The guide was from either New Zealand or Australia, so imagine that, just such a cool accent to be giving us the tour. And it was a blast. We had a great time, but I ended up spending a lot of time with the guide. And so this tour of Versailles, it was the history of the French Revolution. And so we learned about uh, Louis Fourteenth, Louis Fifteenth, and Louis Sixteenth. So Louis XIV was the sun king, and there's all these images of the sun there. Louis XV was the fun king. He was about partying. And Louis XVI was the dun king. He got beheaded. So even you guys could remember that, right? And so when the French Revolution happened, it was based on all humanistic ideas. It was anti-religion. Now, now just so you know, for good reason, Cardinal Richelieu and all of these evil... Uh, Roman Catholic leaders, they were just evil. And so, of course, that causes people to hate religion, understandably. Our founders rejected all of those ideas. Even where they were in agreement with some of the thought leaders of the French Revolution, the methods and the ideas and the systems that were implemented in France were rejected in America, in the United States, in the founding of our system, they rejected many of the ideas that infected the French religion. Or so, the French Revolution. They acknowledged God and the presence of godliness. They understood the sinfulness of man. That's why they restrained government. Now, you've, I don't know if you've noticed, but all the restraints have been removed from government. The checks and balances are gone. Congress is completely inconsequential. Between uh, executive orders and the fiats of the Supreme Court, and the uncontrollable bureaucracy. The the lifetime bureaucrats, regardless of the administration, who make the rules and refuse to implement rules that they disagree with. That's the government in the United States, is the bureaucracy. Our founders understood the sinfulness of man. Our leaders now have forgotten about that. So how did we go from that to what we see today? Why do so many Americans think that, man, they're so excited. Now, have y'all noticed, and I'm going to do my best not to allow the political situation to infect all of our Bible preaching, but it's just important to point these things out. In the debates, Biden and Harris both said that they were against fracking. But when they got the nomination, they said, we are for fracking. We will not stop fracking. One of the first executive orders signed stops fracking and stops the the pipeline. It's going to kill thousands of American jobs. These people are just liars, but nobody says anything about it. Nobody cares. Where are the unions? Where are the people that are supposed to be defending the, the common man and the worker? And see, this is where we need to understand that the old division of, uh, of the, the owners of property, the owners of businesses, and labor, and so you had the blue bloods that would support the Republicans and the laborers that would support the Democrats because the Democrats were for the little guy. That's gone. No one is for the little guy. If you're for the little guy, you don't stop the jobs. If you're for the little guy, you understand they need gas, they need oil, and they need jobs. If you're for the little guy, you understand that. You understand that in the, the way that it affects your view of economics. So the blue-blood Republicans and the globalist Democrats, they make global international trade agreements that hurt the workers in the United States. The, the Democrats, they use their own explanation. The Republicans call it free trade. It's not free trade if you put tariffs on American products and there aren't tariffs on the products that come into the United States. That's not free trade. And so you end up with, with entire systems that are designed. Now, please, don't think this is some conspiracy theory. I'm not going to show you the statements on economics tonight. But they tell you what they're going to do. They have to destroy the power of the United States in order for there to be any kind of global system. They have to. Now let's see what they have said. These two different groups with two different worldviews. Let's see how this has been implemented over the last hundred years. What they needed to do was they needed to establish a new religion. See, religion in America was the religion of Christianity. Whether people were born again or not, there were certain fundamental truths that all Americans believed. And they were based on the Judeo-Christian ethic of man is a sinner. You have property rights. Um, it's wrong to steal. There are certain behaviors that are unacceptable in polite society. But that's the foundation of a of a religious society. Starting a little over 100 years ago, they had to develop a new religion. Here's what Antonio Gramsci said Socialism is precisely the re- religion that must overwhelm Christianity. Socialism is a religion, and these people defend it with religious fervor. Now, they ended up in the 1960s changing that, that language. Remember when they took the, the Bible out of schools? When they took the Bible out of schools, now they had to change the language. But when they started it, they started it with religious language, that socialism and humanism are their religion. Socialism is precisely the religion that must overwhelm Christianity. Uh, In the new uh, order, socialism will triumph by first capturing the culture via infiltration of schools, universities, churches, and the media. And you all thought that I was just giving you a conspiracy theory. When they tell you what they're going to do, it's not a conspiracy, it's a plan. Just believe them. All right? So by transforming the consciousness of society. This is nineteen fifteen. So they were gonna infiltrate the schools, universities, churches, and the media. So how do they influence the churches through the social gospel? Now I'm not gonna go through my whole shtick on the social gospel. but it changed the gospel from Jesus Christ died on the cross for you to Jesus Christ died on the cross for the ills of society, and it's the church's responsibility to cure those ills. And those ills are nationalism, individualism, um, corporatism, and militarism. So you have to overcome that with socialism, with globalism, or they called it internationalism. It's all. It's a hundred years ago. Remember, he wrote the. Uh, uh, Walter Rauschenbusch wrote that in 1907 in his Theology for the Social Gospel in 1917. This is 100 years ago. This is the foundation. This is how socialism infected the churches. But then they have infected the schools, the universities, and, of course, government. And the media. So how did they accomplish this? They they, they set out their plan, but how did they accomplish it? How did they implement the new religion? By controlling education, religion, and the media they did it by the way they said they were going to do it but remember remember this is a conspiracy theory no what i'm giving you is history i'm showing you what they said and if we if you just if if we all just open our eyes we see that this is what they have done they told us what they were going to do but we did not believe them let me tell you the kind of things i heard not in sydney Not in Shelby County. Have you ever heard this? It would never happen here. How many of you have heard that? How many of you are seeing things that you never thought would happen here? They told us what they were going to do. We just didn't believe them. Education is thus a most powerful ally of humanism. And every American public school is a school of humanism. What can the theistic Sunday schools meeting for an hour once a week teaching only a fraction of the children do to stem the tide of a five-day program of humanistic teaching? It's not a conspiracy theory. They did what they said they were going to do. Now, praise God, I know many of you young people, you're in the public school, you have come through the public school, but you need to be aware of how you are being indoctrinated and have been indoctrinated. Praise God for your godly parents and our teachers that are in the public school system that are standing against this stuff, but they're not in every class. And they don't choose the curriculum or the textbooks. It's Very important that you understand that the emphasis... Have you guys ever heard this word in school? Together? How about this? Global... Citizen, citizen of the world? Have you ever seen any of that kind of language? Really, what rights do I have as a citizen of the world? What citizen of the world uh, commission do I call when someone violates my civil rights? And why are these rights not all the same? Why are the Muslim countries not held to the same standard the United States is held to? You understand that we are the Israel has more. Uh, resolutions against them in the United Nations than any Muslim nation. That's interesting, isn't it? And this multiculturalism, this indoctrination that we get that all nations are equal. Really? Well, then why is everybody trying to come here? Do you think El Salvador is equal to the United States? No, why? Because their government stinks. Their economy stinks. Their laws stink. Well, then maybe we're better. Or we were. Very interesting. So, we need to understand how all of us, how we have been infected by this kind of thinking. Let me give you an example of how even Bible-believing, thoughtful Christians are influenced by this kind of thinking. So, those of us who are, we we use the King James Bible. We believe that it's God's preserved word in English. Most of the world, even the Christian world, thinks that that's silly, that that it's stupid. And the idea that one English translation, I was at a translating uh, seminar, and there was an expert on translation there, and he said, in your translation into whatever language, don't give any one English translation priority over another. Well, that's just dumb. You know, no one, even the scholars, believe that the modern translations are translated better than the King James. They just believe the King James comes from, false, from bad texts, bad manuscripts. The excellence of the translation and the excellence of the literature, nobody denies. That's just a stupid statement. And that's an evangelical Christian making that stupid statement. What is that? That's multiculturalism infecting Christianity. And then every... Let me make a statement. Don't say amen here because I'm going to show you how wrong you are. Every people group in the world ought to have the Bible in their own language. And our heart says, yes. And here's the language. Every people group needs the Bible in their own heart language. Well, what if their language doesn't have enough words to translate the Bible? You ready for this? They can't have the Bible. They have to learn another language in order to be able to read the Bible. Now, how many of you know that that makes absolute sense? If if you don't have the word lamb in your language, what are you going to translate it? Turtle? You're going to have to transliterate that in their language and then explain them, explain to them what that word means. So here's, this is really important for us to understand. What is that? That's how multiculturalism and the educational system that, and, and the cultural milieu that we all grew up in has infected our ability to reason. And someone has to stand up and say, well, what if those words aren't in their language? Then they can't have the Bible then what we need to do is we need to go into those nations and maybe write them a new language or teach them a language where the Bible is already translated. That's an example of how we've been affected by this. A five-day program of humanistic teaching. And, of course, humanism is the religion of the United States now. Joy Elmer Morgan, editor of the NEA, National Education Association Journal... The teacher in world government in 1946. See, and this is something that I don't want you to miss. How many of you went to school after 1946? Raise your hand. Jim McDermott didn't raise his hand. I've thought that that he married a much younger woman. See, we think this is new. Seriously. We think that this is, okay, this started happening in the 1980s or the 1990s. This happened when Barack Obama got elected. 1946, in the struggle to establish an adequate world government, the teacher can do much to prepare the hearts and minds of the children for global understanding and cooperation. At the very top of all the agencies which will assure the coming of world government must stand the school, the teacher, and the organized profession. Now, let me just make sure, let me take a poll. How many of us are for world government? Well, then maybe this is the enemy. So, so if you're going to think of one person that wants world government, one creature, who is that? Yeah. Yeah. So, joy is serving her master. Remember, it's not a conspiracy theory when they tell you what they're doing. So, I mentioned there are two competing worldviews. One worldview is national sovereignty. The other worldview is globalism. See, you thought I was going to say Christianity and secularism. That battle's way gone. Now you have people who believe in nation-states and you have people who do not believe in nation-states. The people who do not believe in nation-states control the school curriculums. Is curriculums a word? Curriculi? Curriculus? Curriculae? Brent's looking at me like I've lost my mind. P.E. Corbett of the Institute of Pacific Relations Post-War Worlds, 1942. World government is the ultimate aim. It must be recognized that the law of nations takes precedence over national law. The process will have to be assisted by the deletion of the nationalistic material employed in educational textbooks and its replacement by material explaining the benefits of wiser association. See, it's really important that we understand that this anti-nationalism stuff, how many of you have heard that if you're a nationalist that you're a Nazi? What they don't tell you is that the Nazi, Nazi means national socialist. That's what it means. Not a conspiracy theory. It's what it means. Do we have any Nazis here? If you're a Nazi, a proud Nazi, stand up, raise your hand. If Wade was here, he would do it. I know he would. He told of his white power symbol. If you're watching this, that's a joke. None of us believe that. So it's really important that we understand that they have told us what they're going to do. They've told us what they're going to do. And nationalism is not Nazism. Nationalism is, man, thank God I'm an American. Thank God for what he's done in this country. Dr. Edward, Dr. Willard Givens Education for a New America, 72nd Annual Meeting of the National Education Association, Washington, D.C., 1951. Any of you go to school after 1951? Any of you? We are convinced that we stand today at the verge of a great culture. But to achieve these things, many drastic changes must be made. A dying laissez-faire, that's individual freedom, opposition to governmental interference, a dying laissez-faire must be completely destroyed... And all of us, including the owners, must be subjected to a large degree of social control. Is there social control going on right now? We said it last week. Never, never underestimate the power of mass ideas, of of mass conformity. Harold Drummond, Leadership for Human Change, 1964. The basic goal of education is change, human change, This issue of educational leadership focuses attention upon the school as a change agent, and the specific focus is on changing people. Arthur Combs, Humanism, Education, and the Future, published in Educational Leadership, 1978. If education is to meet the current and future needs of our society, humanistic objectives and humanist thought must operate at the very heart of every school and classroom in the nation. Now, that's the heartbeat of it. Talk to any of our teachers who have taken a master's in education. You just have to, to to swallow it and write down the answer, or you're not getting your master's. Now, how many of you teachers have been through that and would agree with that? Oh, look, look at these people that are holding their hands up. Talk to them. If you're not sure what we're talking about, ask them about it. Now, I praise God that these people, they've taken their stand. They're doing right. Chester Pierce. Now, he, this is this man is very important in the history of education. Dr. Chester M. Pierce, professor of education in psychiatry, medicine, and graduate school of education at Harvard, 1972. For an infancy on, today's children will come to realize that in their own self-interest, the only way they can live will be as planetary citizens. A child can enter kindergarten with the same kind of loyalty to the earth as to his homeland. Man, I'm just telling you, ecology, worshiping the earth, Gaia, the, the, the radical environmentalism, the global warming stuff that permeates the, the school textbooks, the school curriculum, their cartoons, the entire culture. And, and this is something I meant to say at the beginning, don't think because your kids are at the Christian school that they're missing this garbage. Don't think because your kids are homeschooled that they're missing this garbage. This, this permeates our society and our culture. And if your children are being taught by a teacher that has come out of a Christian college, other than very these very small independent Baptist colleges, if they're coming out of any of the Christian universities, they're being taught the exact same garbage. I'm going to be doing a series on answering progressive Christianity, and I'll demonstrate to you how bad it is. And the lies... Here, here, let's go. I I want to keep the thought flow. From infancy on, today's children will come to realize that in their own self-interest, the only way they can live will be as planetary citizens. A child can enter kindergarten with the same kind of loyalty to the earth as to his homeland. Um, Wow. Something happened. I built this slide over a different one and somehow... My changes reverted back to the previous document. What I want you all to see is they have made void thy law. Now listen, Joe Biden didn't do it. The Biden campaign, the Democrat National Committee, they didn't do it. No, they would have. This started 100 years ago. But we had preachers that didn't believe that it would work. We had Christians that didn't believe that it would work. We have Christians that believe that because they are in the system, the system will stay right. I don't know that withdrawing from the system is the answer. The Christian school movement, the homeschool movement... That pulled a lot of people out of the public school system. But but be honest. Do you think that would stop it? See, here's what we think. We think the local school board has say. And they do have say to a a certain point. But does the school board choose the, the curriculum? Or does the school board choose from a selection that's been put in front of them? How many of you think that intelligent design is an option? Y'all know what intelligent design is? That when you look at the world, even by Carl Sagan's own ideas, the anthropic principle, when you look at the world, this, there is fine-tuning to the universe. Where did that fine-tuning come from? Have you noticed how desperate um, uh, science fiction is to find another planet that we can live on? You, you notice how desperate people are to find another planet? Because if it could happen here, it must have been able to happen somewhere else. Otherwise, it was planned and designed. Is that in any textbooks? So You you have some teachers here. Do any of our public school textbooks have intelligent design as an option? See, it's really important that we understand that we are infected by this. All of us. Myself included, we are all infected by this, and the only answer is truth. Knowing the truth, acknowledging the truth, try me, search me, O God, and know my heart, try me and know my ways, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. I want you to see this. Here's our answer. Our answer is an eternal view of God. They've made void thy law. Well, (laughs) they can try. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that as of a contrite and a humble spirit. To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones, an eternal view of God is necessary because he's eternal. If we're going to glorify God in this age, if we're going to understand how they have made void thy law, and you know we live in a world where they have made void thy law. If you believe in right and wrong, if you believe in in, in traditional marriage, if you believe in traditional roles within the marriage, the headship of the husband, if you believe that children are to obey their parents, if you believe that the parents ought to establish the righteousness of the children, not the school system and not the government, if you believe those things, you're a kook. You're dangerous. That's what our government believes. The government that's in power right now believes that you are dangerous, that you are a white supremacist, that you are an extremist, that you are a nationalist, that you are a fascist, and your rights need to be taken away. They want people that believe like us to be kicked out of the military. They want people like us to be removed from the public square. And we have to understand that's the world that we live in, and we have to not let it happen. What needs to happen is for conservative people to raise up their own media companies, to raise up their own social media platforms, and we need to make sure that we are not succumbing to the lies of the enemy because we know the truth and we're speaking the truth. Amen? They have made void thy law. But what do we do? Let's go back to Psalm 119. Verse 126, it is time for thee Lord to work, for they have made void thy law. Therefore, I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. Do you all hate every false way? Amen, amen. Understand what your children are, are being exposed to every day. Please be aware of it. Be aware of it. Talk with them about it. Look at their textbooks. Read their textbooks. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to be a parent. Amen? You know, it's probably less work to teach them yourself. What our experience was, was our kids were getting three hours of homework every night. You know what we found out? We can homeschool them in three hours a day. That was our experience. Then by the time it's, it's longer than that, they're doing it themselves. You don't even have to do that much. And can I just say something? This, no, this is here. Ready? This is the smug part of the, uh, of the sermon. You say, "Yeah, you've been smug the whole time, Joker." No, this 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 is funny. We were told that our kids wouldn't. I promise you, we were told that our kids would not be socialized. Have you spoken to my children? We were told that their educational opportunities would be limited. Jacob's the number one computer science student at pensacola christian college the faculty voted him he runs the whole program now all of the all of the projects the senior projects he's over all of the senior projects he runs the class the teacher sits in the back those stupid homeschoolers now we needed help nathan's mom tutored jacob and you got to tell your mom that she'll love that nathan's mom tutored jacob in math why because i don't know it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know anything about it. It was way beyond what Laura could do, but they did fine. Lydia works for OHVA, like uh, Kayla. They're doing great. And they were homeschooled. I'm not telling you you have to homeschool. Have you all noticed that? We don't say that here. That's between you and God what you do. What I'm saying is all the stupid things that people say to you about homeschooling, they're all lies. They're just lies. Do you know where your kids get socialization? At home. At church, it's awesome. And let me just say this, too. We moved a lot, and I was the preacher's kid. The kind of socialization I got, none of you want. I've got scars all over me from fighting. That's not the best way to go to school. Would you all agree with that? Remember, I was in fourth grade carrying my trumpet to school. It was like a kick-me sign. But it's amazing what happens when that trumpet case connects with some kid's head. It's a glorious sound. (laughs) Folks, let's stop thinking like the world. If your children are in a school, a Christian school or a public school, read their books. What the kids are assigned to read, please read it. And if there's ever a class you're not allowed to attend, you know what you say? Watch me. Watch me. Have you seen the news reports of, you know, when they're doing the school at home, how these teachers were mad because parents were in the room? What could I possibly be teaching your kids I wouldn't want you to hear? Folks, let's make sure that we're involved in our kids' lives. If you don't want your children thinking this way and voting this way in the future, you better get a handle on it right now. And understand, listen, understand, we are the problem. Our acceptance and failure to put down these ideas makes us as responsible as those who perpetrate it. They told us what they were going to do. We did not believe them. Let's believe them. Let's believe them. Let's stand. Lord, we love you. And yes, they have made void thy law. And Lord, we have let them. Shame on us.